are cordially invited. The Aftermath A Good Omens multivoice podfic written by Jupiter Ash and voiced by Compass Rose as Emily Bennett X Marks as Crowley Gorilla's Gal 86 as Anna Maddox Kendra Izzy Murray as Amanda Hargreaves Lena as Aziraphale Literarian as Sandra Day. Mahon's Andine as Claire Gooding. Rena Jenkins as J.P. Wright. Semper Fiona as Pete Kowalski. Silky Luster as Rebecca Oliver. Tipsy Kitty as Michael Porter. Unholy Crowley as Haley Albright. And Job as Narrator. This is part five of the Tales of Eden Cottage series. Summary. People have discovered that they can fool the devil, but they can't fool the neighbors. Edgar Watson Ho. So, the barbecue happened. The new neighbors have been introduced. Now comes the aftermath. A tale in three parts. Chapter 1. Emily Bennett. Hey, everyone. I just thought I'd take the moment to thank everyone for coming on Saturday. I thought it all went rather well. Thanks to Mike and Helen for the second BBQ. Definitely came in handy. Also, if you brought food, can you check you've taken home all your dishes? I appear to have a few here that aren't mine. Claire Gooding. So, what did everyone think about our new neighbours? Did anyone else find them to be completely what you were expecting, but at the same time definitely not what you were expecting? And does anyone have any idea how Sunglasses Dude even walks like that? Haley Albright I thought they were quite lovely. Anna Maddox I thought they were definitely quite something. Especially that walk, wink. Amanda Hargreaves Joshua was certainly rather taken with them, especially Mr. Fell. Yes, I saw them talking a couple of times. I thought Joshua didn't like strangers. He doesn't, usually. Did anyone else hear that Crowley used to be a nanny? What? Really? Yup. A live-in nanny as well. Big house, rich, lots of staff. A nanny. For someone important from what it sounded like, a politician or ambassador or something. Him, though. A nanny. Careful, that sounds a little, you know, phobic. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Nothing like that. It's just he didn't exactly strike me as the sort of person you would leave a kid with. Question mark, question mark. God, no, nothing like that. And not the gay thing either. It's just when you talk to him, he's got the most delightfully wicked sense of humor. I actually overheard him telling some of the older kids that he had a hand in inventing Instagram, Candy Crush, and the selfie stick. Do we know for certain that he didn't? I thought he was hilarious, but he struck me as a bit of a trickster type. 
Leave my two with them, and I'd expect to come back to flower across the floor, or glitter everywhere, or paint across the walls. Are we sure the nanny thing wasn't some sort of joke? I suppose he might have been joking. Did he mention anything to anyone else about what he does? Pete Kowalski and Michael Porter. I got the impression he was in finance or something. What did he tell you? Michael Porter. Stocks and stuff, he told me. Rebecca Oliver. He told Roger he made his money in imports and exports. Sandra Day. He told me he did, oh, just this and that. I got the impression there was a certain amount of old family money there, though. Speaking of family, did anyone else get the idea they were uncomfortable talking about their past and families? I certainly got the impression that they were estranged from their families. Not happy about some of their lifestyle choices is what I gathered. Could be the whole relationship thing. I got the sense their families might be particularly religious, especially Mr. Fells. I was certainly getting a little bit of a Romeo and Juliet vibe going on. Two households, both alike in dignity, on the streets of London where we lay our scene, and all that. Perhaps not that far. Smiley face. J.P. Wright. I, for one, thought they were straight up smashing chaps. Cannot say I approve of sunglasses and what passes for modern fashion these days. But as young men go, they seem to know their stuff. And if their families have turned them out for being homosexual, then shame on them. I don't think Mr. Crowley is as young as you might think he is. Not as much of the toy boy as we might have thought. My Gemma referred to him as being a bit of a grown-up twink, whatever that is. Should I even ask? Probably best not. My Gemma also found him hilarious. In a good way. She said if he wasn't as obviously taken, she would have tried setting him up with a couple of her uni mates. They seem quite the odd couple, though, right? I mean, they're obviously crazy about each other. I mean, really, really crazy. But they're like polar opposites. One is all politeness and sweet smiles. The other is sharp and obviously a bit of a rebel. Opposites do attract. Ah, welcome back. Smiley face, smiley face, smiley face. We were just summing up what we found out about our new neighbours. Gossiping. We were gossiping. Yeah, that too. Currently, we're trying to figure out what a certain sunglasses-wearing, Bentley-driving, not-quite-a-toy-boy does for a living. Dave thought it might be something to do with computers or business management. Computers, business, finance, stocks, imports, exports, this and that, inventing stuff like selfie sticks, 
and being a nanny. Anyone get the impression that he's messing with us? Now you mention it. Well, at least his partner was considerably straighter on the subject. Pun totally intended. BTW. Disapproving face. And this is me groaning. Used to own a bookshop. At least, that's what he told me. And me. And me. Well, that's pretty conclusive. My Gemma's asking if any of us have actually Googled his bookshop. Is that something we should have done? Do we know what it was called? My Gemma said she Googled him and found the shop. Did Gemma say what the shop was called? Wait, I'll ask her. A, Z, Fell and Co, apparently. Well, that certainly sounds like the right place. Anything interesting? Gemma seemed to think so. Something about Yelp reviews. I'll ask again. Hold on, I'm googling it. OMG! What? Have you found something? OMG! Exclamation mark, question mark. So many question marks. OMG, these are hilarious! Google it! Google it now! Helen wants to know exactly what we're supposed to be Googling. Tell Helen to Google A, Z, Fell and Co. Yelp reviews. Should we really be prying like this? I quite agree. This is very poor form. These are our new neighbors. We should not be searching for them on the interwebs. O-M-G. I found it. OMG, this is just so brilliant. Five stars for the books. One star if you actually want to buy any of them. Watch out for the snake. Thel knows everything about every book. Just don't ask to buy any of his. Swear I've never been ushered out of a shop as quickly as when I asked about the price of one of his first edition wilds. What the hell are the opening hours? I open the shop on most weekdays about 9.30 a.m., perhaps 10 a.m., while occasionally I open the shop as early as 8. I have been known not to open until 1, except on Tuesday. I tend to close about 3.30 p.m. or earlier if something needs tending to. This is insane! How the hell does Fell expect to sell anything if no one knows if he's even open or not? The only reason I care is because I hear he's got a limited edition I've been after for a while now. But every time I go, he's closed or closing. Closing at 11.15 in the morning. What the hell? I barely even had the chance to ask about the book before I was being shoved out the door. Are you sure this is the right place? Our Mr. Fell didn't strike me as rude. I thought him rather a dear. Oh, this is definitely them. Listen to this. Anyone know if the old Bentley parked out front is for sale? Update. 
It's really, really, really not. Also, caught the owner snogging some hot twink behind the cookbooks. Well done, my dude. <laughs> oh yes, this is definitely them. <gasps> Goodness. Who gets the one about fellas sunglasses wearing boyfriend throwing out the grumpy dude who referred to fell as a fairy? None of us have wings. Out. <laughs> God, these are absolutely brilliant. Doesn't sound like he was selling many books, though. What sort of a bookshop owner doesn't sell books? And he comes across as such a lovely man. Absolutely wonderful. Until you try to buy one of his books. Smiley face. And he was so complimentary about my apple tart, too. Not as complimentary as he was about Haley Albright's cheesecake, though. Winky face. Oh, man. Did he like your cheesecake, Haley? I thought he was going to melt there and then. As good or even better than anything he's had at the Ritz or the Savoy, he said. High praise indeed, and most deservedly so. Have you recovered yet, Haley? Getting there. To be honest, I wasn't too sure what to think. Helen says it's most deserved, and he's clearly a man used to fine dining, so take it as a compliment. Also, Helen says she googled the bottle of wine he brought, and you do not want to know how much it cost. What? Really? You can just say such a thing and then stop there? We need more. Okay, okay. Let me just check with Helen. It was really nice wine. Was thinking of seeing if I could get a bottle for Christmas or something. You might want to start saving now, then. Apparently it's limited edition and bottles now go for up to 600 pounds. Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark. And that's now right off my Christmas list again. 600 pounds? Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. It was a lovely glass. I wouldn't know. I stuck to the rum the Crowley chap brought. Now we know why they got specially fitted wine racks. Do you think they might have any other bottles just, you know, knocking around? We could try and barter for one in exchange for another of Haley Albright's cheesecakes. He really did like your cheesecake at Haley Albright. Did we ever figure out what the Crowley chap does? No, we sort of gave up on that. He told everyone different things. His partner used to run a bookshop, though. Yeah, but one that didn't sell any books, though. Okay, can I just point something out here, then? Sure, Pete. Actually, let me do a summary first. So what we know is that the fell chap used to run a bookshop in central London, where it appears that he never sold any books. Yep. 
He and his Bentley-driving, sunglasses-wearing partner knew each other for years, but kept quiet about it because their families wouldn't approve. Yep. These are the same families they are now estranged from. Yup. We have no idea what his partner used to do because he told us lots of different things, but we know they have money and probably connections. The Ritz. The Savoy. Six hundred quid for a limited bottle of wine, for instance. Oh, and by the way, that Bentley, it's an original, not a reproduction. What, really? Yes, I checked. After the Crowley chap claimed it was, I text my mate Steve about it. He's a car buff, and he's come back confirming it. Original and everything. Golly! So anyway, they obviously have money, and taste, and a past they're not really talking about. Just to throw it out here, and it might be completely wild, but is it possible they were in the Mafia? What? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. Oh my god. Question mark? Really? Peter! OMG, 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 exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Oh no. My Gemma says you might be right. OMG, you might be right! Exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying I'm right. It does make a scary amount of sense, though. Claire, don't be ridiculous. What? But it does. A bookshop that doesn't sell books would be the perfect front. A guy with a dodgy working history, a classic car, families they're estranged from. Families! Mafia families! Neither of them are in the Mafia. And Joshua was so taken with them. Such lovely people. Like I said, just throwing it out there. Oh my god, they were on rival sides. That's why their families disapproved of their relationship. For God's sake, people, they were not in the Mafia. They might have been, though. Pete might have a point. Imagining what they might have been running out of the bookshop. It was just a thought. Drugs. Guns. Enough. Drugs and guns. Counterfeit goods. This is not helping. It might have been one of the bases of operations. What if they find out that we know? Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. What would Mrs. Hazelton say? Emily Bennett has turned off comments for this post. Chapter 2 Emily Bennett has opened a new conversation. Dear everyone, just to follow on from the previous conversation, 
I can confirm that neither of our new neighbors are or have been in the mafia or related to any other organized crime. Dave, Sandra, and I have just come back from talking to them, and they really are quite lovely, BTW. We thought it only fair to warn them that some people might have jumped to completely the wrong conclusion about them, and that it was our duty as neighbors to let them know what was being said. Now, I won't repeat the conversation we had, but I utterly believe them when they say they're not in the Mafia, if only because Mr. Crawley found it the most hilarious thing he had ever heard. I swear that at one point he was going to slide off his chair he was laughing so much. So I really do think we should lay this rumour to rest. That is all. Are you telling us that you actually went over there and confronted them about it? Yes. And they found it so funny that Sunglasses Dude almost fell out of his chair laughing? Yes. Although I don't believe Azira found it quite as funny. You accused them of being in the Mafia, and they laughed about it. Essentially, yes. I told you he had an absolutely wicked sense of humor. And then laughing about it is what persuaded you that they weren't, in fact, in the Mafia. Pretty much. Other than the fact it was a bonkers idea in the first place. Are you mad? What if they actually had been in the Mafia? They could have killed you! They could have killed us all! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Oh, for goodness sake, Claire. These are our new neighbours. You remember? The one who wears a bow tie and looks and acts like an old-fashioned university professor, and the one who somehow manages to squeeze himself into the skinniest of skinny jeans. They're sweet and nice and all sorts of lovely. They are not going to be killing anyone. They have family! Who we have already established they are estranged from and who we have also established are also not in the Mafia. Okay, okay, no need to shout. I just think you were either very brave or very stupid going over there to confront them about it. And I think this was the most ridiculous rumour that had the potential to cause actual, real harm. This isn't some story. These are real people we were speculating about. People were going to start treating them weirdly. Okay, okay, sorry. They're not, and have never been, in the Mafia. But what did they say when you told them? Well, like I said, they both seemed to find it amusing. Crowley especially so. They also apologised for any confusion. Apparently both of them are independently wealthy, so neither of them actually needs to work. Azira trades in old books. He goes to auctions and house sales and things. Apparently he's picked up quite a few very valuable first editions and things that way. Sometimes he does restoration work as well. And he only sells books to people he feels will fully appreciate and understand them. He also admitted he could get quite mean to people who wanted to buy books that he felt they wouldn't appreciate or look after properly. And the shop has been owned by his family for over 200 years, so he's only paying business tax on it.
That's still got to be a pretty penny in Soho. True, but some of his stuff is worth a fortune. He showed us a first edition picture of Dorian Gray signed by Wilde himself. That's got to be worth twenty grand at least. Absolutely true. My Gemma googled it. Apparently, his great-grandfather actually knew Wilde. And Dickens. And Dickens. And who was that other one he mentioned? Oh, of course, Arthur Conan Doyle. No way. He had signed editions of The Hound of Baskervilles and The Lost World. OMG, really? And some copies of that magazine the stories were originally published in. Dot, dot, dot. Do you think he would let me see? Probably. Dot, 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 exclamation point. Before Anna goes into a complete meltdown, can we get back to the point? What? Hey! Smiley face, smiley face, smiley face. So Azira doesn't have to sell anything and seems to just have the shop for fun or something? Pretty much. So what about Crawley then? Yeah, what about Mr. Snakehips? Mr. Snakehips? Really? Look, you're the physio. You can't tell me that walk is normal. Claire has a point. Smiley face. And this is me rolling my eyes. All right, all right. We'll behave if only you actually finish telling us what we need to know. What does Mr. Skinny Jeans do then? This is my disapproving face right now. And this is me blowing you a kiss. Now get on with it. Yes, all right, fine. Apparently he's done a lot of things. Made a lot of money in computers in the early 2000s, apparently. Dabbles a bit in stocks and shares. What he definitely isn't is in the Mafia or any other organised crime group. And you're totally sure about that question mark, question mark? Yes! At Sandra Day? Absolutely. Sure. Positive. Okay, then. But they didn't seem upset about us thinking that they might have been, right? Not upset at all. Like I said, they seemed to find the whole thing rather humorous. Didn't they, at Sandra Day? Utterly and completely. They were very hospitable and gracious, considering that we descended upon them without warning and then sort of accused them of being involved in organised crime. They gave us tea. And little cakes. It was really nice tea as well. And they've done the cottage up really nicely as well. 
Still have more unpacking to do, but the bookshelves are a lovely addition and the plants were simply beautiful. So lush. Apparently, they're all Crowleys. He really must have some magically green fingers. And they have some really lovely artwork as well. The Mona Lisa sketch was quite something. Almost better than the actual painting. Lots of religious stuff as well, angels in particular. Like a mug with angel wings. Did you notice that at Emily Bennett? I noticed the mug and that thing that looks like it belongs in a church or something and the Mona Lisa, which was stunning. But mostly I was concerned with them not thinking we were a bunch of complete lunatics and that we were giving them a rather strange impression of the village. At least they saw the funny side. And I reminded them of the summer fete in a few weeks. They seemed quite interested, and hopefully we will be able to give them a much better impression of all of us then. How's the prep work going on that at Haley Albright? Okay, for the most part, I'll message you about it. Thumbs up. So about all of this, though. Are we all right now? In conclusion, they are not, and have never been, in the Mafia. Okay. Sure. Thanks for clearing it up. Kind of funny while it lasted, though. Ha ha. At Claire Gooding. Yes, yes, okay. They are not and have never been in the Mafia. Good. Glad that's settled, and I don't want to hear anything more about it. Yes, Mum. Would have been funny, though. Would have shaken up this little place. If it makes you feel better, Crowley did admit that he had worked as a live-in nanny for about five years. He said he had found it rewarding. What? What? Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark... Really? Exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark. Wait, the nanny thing wasn't a joke then? That was true. Well, I never. Emily Bennett has turned off comments for this post. Chapter 3 The Mafia Even now, after their recent guests had departed, Aziraphale had a look of utter bewilderment. It was a funny look, to be sure, on the face of an angel, but not one without reason. Crowley, however, was grinning in a way he usually reserved for a particularly good prank. Oh, come on, Angel, you have to admit, they have a bit of a point. Obvious wealth, no proper job history... A bookshop that doesn't sell books? Even the HMRC thinks you're dodgy. But the Mafia... Aziraphale protested. We're not even Italian. He frowned suddenly. And what do you mean the HMRC thinks I'm dodgy? My taxes are just perfect, thank you very much. Which is very much the point. They're too perfect. They're so perfect, they think you're hiding something. Hiding something? What, like organized crime? For a start. Is that why I keep being audited? Crowley gave him a lazy grin. 
Well, I... He said with a harumph. He then paused and turned to look straight at his partner. You set them up. Or new neighbors. You set them up. I didn't. You did. You told them things, vague things, on purpose, so they would draw certain conclusions. I did not. Aziraphale gave him a look. The sort of look that said, I've known you for over six thousand years. Do not try to pull the wool over my eyes. I'm not a total fool. Okay, okay, Crowley admitted, waving an arm in vague admission. Maybe I did. A little. They were just so earnest and nice. They deserved a little shaking up. Something exciting. I didn't think they'd go that far. They thought we consorted with criminals, that we, we threatened people, that we hurt people. Well, I don't think they thought you would do that personally. They thought we run a drugs ring or something out of my shop. How was I supposed to know they would Google your bookshop? Bet it was that student. What was her name? Gemma. Aziraphale gave a vague nod. She seemed lovely. They're all lovely. That's the point. Didn't stop them from thinking we might be involved in organized crime, though, did it? Aziraphale harumphed again. Of course, Crowley said slyly. In a funny way, if you think about it, they were sort of right. Crowley. Two sides fighting for control. A little whispering in ears here, a bit of money under the table there. Really? And it's not as if your side are even always against guns. Adds weight to a moral argument. That's what you said, wasn't it? In the right hands? Aziraphale admitted. And you can't tell me that Gabriel doesn't look like some sort of a mafia boss. Crowley continued. Well. Perfectly tailored suits. Italian silk. Often towed around by lackeys such as... What's their name? The one who got all smitey at Sodom and Gomorrah. Sandalfon? Aziraphale said glumly. Exactly. Now you can't tell me they don't look like someone who would happily strike you down given the command. And as for the Archangel Michael, how many demons did they obliterate just so you could go and have a chat with that chap who later got thrown to the lions? Good job on those lions, by the way. Thank you. And the less said about my side, my old side, the better. What was it Gabriel so clandestinely asked to buy when he came into your shop? Pornography. Pornography. Screams mafia to me. Obvious cover-up. Obvious. Everyone knows the pornography was on the top right-hand shelf. Crowley. As Eurofil exclaimed, looking aghast. That wasn't pornography. Wasn't it? Looked like it to me. That's because you don't read. I don't need to. He waggled his eyebrows. There were pictures. That had been a fully illustrated edition of the Kama Sutra, amongst other things. Oh, come on, Crowley said, leaning back again. You've got to see the funny side. Their expressions, at least, were hilarious. And did you see the covert looks they kept taking, trying to see if we had any incriminating evidence just lying around? Well, when you put it that way, it was rather funny. 
Aziraphale admitted. Crowley grinned at him. But really, these are our neighbors, our new neighbors at that. We should be nice to them. Well, you can be if you want, Crowley said. I intend to be myself. It's more fun. Fun, certainly. Just don't hurt them. Crowley frowned, a flicker of hurt crossing his face. Of course I wouldn't hurt them. Who do you think I am? You know who I think you are, dearest, Aziraphale said in a practical tone. But sometimes things have unintended consequences. I like this house and these people, and I know you do too. It would be helpful if we weren't chased out in our first week by a group of people who think we are involved in organized crime. Crowley leaned back again. Still funny, though. And you were the one who insisted that we went in the first place. It was the neighborly thing to do. And it involved food. Crowley said, wagging his eyebrows. Yes, well, it's been a long time since I've been to an actual barbecue. Grilling meat over an open fire has come a long way since the Middle Ages. A lot of things have come a long way since the Middle Ages. Personal hygiene, for one. Such marvelous things they now do with sauces. Still tastes like charcoal, though. And that cheesecake, Aziraphale said, closing his eyes in memory. Exquisite. Even you have to agree. Yeah, fine, I'll give you that. And you insisting on feeding me that piece certainly got their tongues wagging. Utterly divine. It was raspberry and white chocolate. It was perfection with every bite. You made the maker of it blush. Totally pink she was. Thought she was going to combust and everything. Well, she truly deserved the praise. Praise, yes, but you were virtually incandescent. Thought you were going to spout poetry there and then. I wasn't that bad. You were. It was adorable. Excruciatingly embarrassing, but utterly adorable. The little embarrassed smile at that was almost as adorable. At least to Crowley. But then he found most things about his soft little angel to be rather adorable. Although that was not something he would readily admit to. Yes, well, I was being nice. Aziraphale said, being practical. You just wanted more cheesecake. Well, I certainly won't say no if it's an offer. Play your cards right and I'm sure there will be more. They fell into an easy silence. It was the sort of easy silence that comes from familiarity and affection. The sort of easy silence that involves small smiles and soft looks. What? Crowley asked after a moment. You're smiling at me. Of course I am. Aziraphale said gently. You look happy. Of course I'm happy. Crowley said, a touch affronted. Why wouldn't I be happy? I'm here, with you, in this house. No heaven looking down accusingly. No hell skulking around in dark corners. No looking over our shoulders fearing we're going to get caught. No orders, no Armageddon, no agreement. We're free, angel. And I, for one, am going to enjoy every single second of it. It's a good look for you, Aziraphale said softly. 
Shut up. Crowley said automatically, but it lacked the usual bite, and they both knew it. They lapsed back into silence. Aziraphale in his chair, Crowley sprawled across the new sofa. I suppose there is one thing we should talk about, though. Crowley said finally. Aziraphale looked questioning. That boy, Crowley continued, the one you were talking to, who, you know. Mm, yes, Aziraphale said. Yes, quite. Rather a bit of a pickle with that one. I suppose the question is, what are we going to do about young Joshua? The end.